this day. I mean, I, you know, of course I fade some, but I'm telling you, it changed me. Because you know what? As, as believers in Christ, whether, what, if you're a husband, hear me out. But just as a believer, if you're ahead of your home or ahead of your family, or really as we go out into the world, guys, no one, I mean, he, you know what he's saying to me? He's saying that as we go is as we are most of the time. Meaning, as, if I go out into this world or into my family or I'm interacting with my spouse or my family, whatever the case may be, I really believe this most of the time, I am responsible for the countenance of your face. I'm I'm responsible for the countenance on the the clerk at Wawa. I'm responsible for the countenance of of my waitress or waiter. Hear me out. I'm telling you, this is this. I think this is biblical. And and now it's been too many years that this has proven out hundreds and hundreds of times. Where where just just last week twice I'm, I'm at a restaurant. And and this lady is a, having a real bad day. You can just tell. I mean, she's she just sat. You can see her countenance was very just ah. And and she waits on us. I meet with my an accountability person almost weekly, and she waits on us many times. I could tell something was off, and and I just uh, I'll call her Sue, and I said Sue, I can tell something's really bothering you. She said it is, but I'll be I'll I'll be okay. I said, you know, you know, you know God loves you. You know, how can we pray for you? And her countenance just started to change. And she said, well, you know what? Can you pray for my family? Can you pray? I'm really struggling right now. And by the time she left and we started praying, you could just see her whole countenance had changed. For the most part, where we go, a lot of the countenance we think that we're seeing that's not good might just be a reflection of, of us. And or, just so that you don't take that too heavy here, and or we can at the very least, with the love of Christ, change the countenance around us, people's faces. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go to chapter 28, verse 13. Chapter 28, verse 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, and whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So watch. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them have mercy. Anyone here ever cover a sin that you've done? Oh, thanks for the two of you guys. Come on, we all right. Well, oh, oh, instead, you know what we do? Hey, we do, we do, we, there's something in our life that we're sinning in. We know it. And it, it's something that we're doing that's not right. God would not be pleased. And so what we do, you probably all do like what I do. First thing I do, I get on Facebook and I put, you know what I did this morning? I did this sin. <laughs> and then I and then I call up my friends. No, we don't do that. Most of the times if we're struggling with something, we're, we're caught up in a temptation or there's there's a, something we know that we're doing that would not please God. It's called sin. We're sinning. We're sinning against God. Or we're sinning against, we're, it's sin. Um, most of the times what we do, we do our best to just like dig a hole, bury it, and then cover it up and pretend it don't exist. Most of the time. Saying, don't do that. Don't, don't cover your sin. I mean, I mean, don't be, don't be, um, though this is a biblical word. I read it just last week, but don't be stupid. You know, you know, Proverbs was telling us, don't, don't be stupid by saying wrong things or doing wrong things. And he said, don't be stupid. Don't do that. You know, 
trust God and his word and let him guide and direct you, give you wisdom how to respond to things in life. So you go full circle to this, and the next thing you know, what happens is we, we have these things we're dealing with, and we just want to pretend they're not there. So again, they pile up, they pile up, they pile up. They start emotionally taking effects on our life. They start to physically uh, take effects on our life. And we just, sometimes we get to the place where we just start making excuses. You know, it's like quitting. I mean, I, I did this. So again, I'm just, re- I'm, I, I can relate to this. It's like, I remember back when I was age 25, I smoked a lot. Don't know why, I just did a lot of uh, cigarettes. And um, so, of course, the first thing is, well, as soon as I finish this pack, I'll quit. As soon as I finish, right? And then, and then you buy another pack. Oh, I forgot about another pack. Well, as soon as I finish this pack, I'll quit. You just start making excuses, you know, and you start burying stuff. And so Proverbs tells us, don't make excuses for your sin. Engage the word of God and let him, let him, again, like that last song we sang, come in and heal us and touch us and give us wisdom. And it, it's not a magic wand. I know it. It's something that is taught. It's something that is trained. It's something that is that is brought by a daily walk with him, little by little. I praise God we, we like, we, ha- we have two daughters. I praise God we didn't have our daughters. And then, and, and I know some of you will relate to this, and I, I understand in, in not a good way. But for us, I'm, I am so glad that, you know, they stayed with us every day. And I got to know them, and they were our daughters, and we know who they are. And you understand what I'm saying? And I realize, in, especially in today's world, I mean, we have... We have um, kids that are here every other week or every other month, and I, I understand that. So for most of us, even in that scenario, and I'm talking on the web especially, I know some listening right now that are in that scenario. But I can tell you, too, that those that I talk to where the child has to co- go to one house one week and one house the next week, they, they really embrace that week they have. And we ought to. It's the same with God. It's no different. If we, will, if we will engage God in, in a daily walk, we'll get to know him better. He gets to know us better, if you will. He, he, he knows everything about us. I know theologians, and I, I understand that. But he still chooses, God chooses still, that as we draw near to him to, to meet us in a relationship where we're at. So you understand? So even though he might know our every thought, everything about us, you still got to understand that God chooses to come where we're at and interact with us where we're at. And if someone wants proof of that, for God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. What did God do? He came in the flesh to where we're at. So he, he can't prove any more than that, guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we need proof, well, God, do you really understand me? Do you really know my hurts and my pains? Do you really? Well, yeah, he does. And he knows them right where you're at. That's a miracle in and of itself. That's a miracle. That's awesome. So in John 8, 31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, or believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I've been showing this every Sunday, because, you know, bottom line is, it'll make you free. That's key. That as we abide in God, we abide in his truth, we receive his truth, knowledge in this case, we're talking about Proverbs, 
we receive that knowledge, we eternalize it within our heart, we, we make that decision to allow it to give us wisdom to move into the future, to move today, to have the answer we need today, to have the answer we need for tomorrow. And it'll make us free. His truth, his wisdom will make us free. He will go before us. And again, it's not like every day is a picnic. I know. But I tell you what, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have the knowledge of God apply his wisdom to my heart, have him go before me, that I might be, interact with this life that sometimes can be quite challenging, thank you very much. I'd much rather have that than have the alternative of burying my sin, being burdened with guilt, not reconciling with mankind. And when I have enemies, I want to I literally kill them sometimes. And not, I mean, not literally, but uh, I guess be careful there. But, but you understand what I mean? That the best I want to hit them over the head with a baseball bat? I don't, know, I don't know how to say it. You know, it can be hard, right? And I don't want that life. Life is too short. It's eternal. It really is. You know, I think about Nikki, you know, and it's so recent. He goes to to, to the Dominic, and I asked him if he's ever done an a international mission trip like that, and I kind of, I don't know why, I assumed he did, but this was his first one. And he said, it's rocking my world. I, don't, I said, I know, because <laughs> it does that. It puts it into a different perspective. When you go when you go to someone's house that, like he said, they don't they don't even have a trash can because there's no such thing as trash. Where every single little thing, no matter what it is, is used in some way or gathered for a year that, that they might take this little thing of gum wrappers and get I'm I'm serious, like get literally five cents for it. I don't know. No guilt trip, but as we pray. We gain God's knowledge, his wisdom. We come together as a body. We look where God's doing. It's eternal. I'm excited to see how God is working and what he's doing. Amen? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's found in John 14, 6. And no one does come to the Father except through him. We hear it every Sunday, which we should. I hope we hear it every day that God loves us. But we are sinners that fall short of his glory. And only he can reveal that to our heart. Only he can. It's amazing too how that is. I mean, someone, someone can walk up to you and say, you know what? You're a sinner and you're going straight to hell. And it might be truth. I mean, right? You know? It might be truth. But the bottom line is that is knowledge not imparted by, by, by wisdom the truth is, for God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And John six forty says, For this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall not perish, but be saved. So the word of God speaks forthright. Just as we've been talking in the knowledge throughout these last weeks, God imparts more than knowledge, but at first it is knowledge. For we're sinners separated from God. And as we hear that, all of a sudden the Spirit of God can take the Word of God and say, Tony, and eternalize it. Tony, that's you. Your sin separates you from me. Do you see how this works? Do, do, do you kind of get that? And then, and then Scripture says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
through Christ Jesus our Lord. And God takes that word and through his spirit speaks it to my heart. I eternalize it. And then I understand because of what he's revealed to me. I'm a sinner separated from him, but it's not his desire. His desire is I'm reconciled back to God. And it's through him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I could speak that a million times and not one person get saved because it's not up to me to save anyone. It's up to the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It works that way with reading the Word and, and engaging it, guys. We've we got to engage what God is saying, and it's not something that's forced. It's something that's desired. I want to draw nearer to Trish most days. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? I want to draw nearer to my church family. I want to, that, that desires in my heart, but unless I intentionally engage that and do that, it doesn't happen. And so God says this morning to anyone that's in this room, I love you, and your sin separates you from me. And if you've not come to that place where you repented of your sin, that sin that you buried, put in that hole. If you've not come to the place where you're willing to give me that sin and say, I recognize you paid the penalty for my sin. I put my trust in you as my Savior. That's what we call being born again or being saved. That's what the Bible calls it, actually. It's not a human phrase, a coined phrase. So this morning, if that's you, bow your heart before God. Because he's revealing to you your need to put your trust in him as your Savior. Say, God... You're revealing to me my need to be saved. This morning's my day of salvation. I put my trust in you. That you died for me. Don't understand it all. We never will until eternity, guys, until we're in heaven. Understand it all, that is. But the moment is now. Amen? If in your heart you know and believe that you have put your trust in Christ as your Savior, I really want you to share that. I mean, quite quite frankly, frankly God wants you to share it. 